ladies and gentlemen, it is another Monday. Mystery, mystery Monday. Mysteries, 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 mystery Monday. Mystery Monday. Mystery, 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 mystery Monday. Mystery Mondays. Mystery, mysteries, 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 mystery Mondays. What mystery waits for you? <laughs> Beautiful. It is Beautiful. Mystery Mondays yet again, if you hadn't already figured it out. Um, so this is a third episode of our latest series, Mystery Mondays, where we'll be bringing a different mystery to you every single week. Um, our first mystery was the Somerton Man. <gasps> if you think that sounds intriguing, you don't know about that story, go check it out mm. on the YouTubes. And our second one was the mysterious disappearance of Dennis Martin, a poor little lad that disappeared in the Appalachian Trail and was never, ever found. Poor Dennis. <gasps> what happened? What happened to Dennis? We will have know. to watch to find was out. It, was it a crazy Bigfoot? Was it a disgruntled wolf? Who knows? Was it me? Was it Bullwinkle? Mm, Never count Bullwinkle out. Bullwinkle is <laughs> hiding in the trees. Never count him out. Never count him out. So Same. Bullwinkle will be telling us um, this week's Mystery Monday. We That's don't, correct. Me and Drew Brett don't know anything about it. Um, so... I'm very excited to find out what the mystery is this week. I'm just going to preface it by saying you guys are going to love this one. Yeah. I can tell already. This is, this is a good one. Good. This is a good one. When I found it, I wrote a little bit about it. And yeah. then I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a deep dive mm. and find out exactly what happened here. And I still don't know, but I've got some theories. Yeah. So uh, let's just get straight into it, shall we? Let's do it, man. Let's do it. So the incident at Dyatlov Pass. <gasps> you heard of this? Oh, yeah, I know. This is a good one, right? Diatlov? Diatlov. This is a really Diatlov? good one. Diatlov. Ooh. This is good. So, we'll get into it. On the 1st of February, 1959, nine Russian hikers on the trek of a lifetime through the Oral Mountains. Maybe Ural? Ural? I think, I think Ural. I think Ural. Ural? Yeah, I think Ural. Ural Mountains pitched a tent and settled in for the night. Hours later... All nine fled the safety of the tent and perished in freezing, snowy conditions. Some in the party succumbed to hypothermia, but others were found with grisly injuries. The Dyatlov Pass incident, as it came to be known, has inspired so many dark and often outlandish potential explanations. Before delving into the most prominent theories, let's consider the facts of the matter. 
So, the group originally consisted of 10 highly experienced hikers who were, with one key exception, all students and recent graduates of the Ural Polytechnical Institute. Uh, the odd one out was Semyon Zolotaryov, uh, who was a last minute addition to the group and at 37, conspicuously older than the others. Mm. So that's mm. like the first key outline. Why was he there? Mm. Uh, in the early stages of the trek, one member of the group dropped out, dropped out of the climb uh, due to ill health. The rest carried on taking photos of each other, larking and recording diary entries that expressed their excitement about the adventure to come. I wonder what awaits us in this trip, one wrote. What will we encounter? Weeks later, a search party sent to locate the missing hikers found the remains of their tent on the side of a mountain called Kyolat Siakil. Uh, inside were the hikers' boots, clothes, and maps, along with some food laid out, seemingly for a meal. The side of the tent had been slashed open from the inside, a sign of just how desperate from they'd the been inside. to get out. That's right. So they, they'd broken out to get out. Surrounding the area were footprints left by the group, some wearing socks, some wearing a single shoe, some barefoot, all of which continued to the edge of a nearby wood. That's where the first two bodies were found, shoeless and wearing only underwear. Mm. 21-year-old Yuri Doroshenko and 23-year-old Yuri Krivon Krivonyshenko uh, both had seemingly frozen to death, but also inhibited exhibited birth or burn marks and multiple abrasions mm. Mm. burn marks yeah. and multiple abrasions mm. weird mm. so not weird. not far away lying in the snow were the bruised bodies of the group's leader 23 year old igor diatlov and 22 year old zenaida kolmogrova uh, it looks that it looked like both had been trying to return to the tent when they died some days after this, the body of 23-year-old Rustim Slobodin was also discovered. He had a fractured skull. The remaining hikers were found in a ravine near a shelter they'd attempted to carve out of the snow. Uh, Nikolai Thibox Brignol. <laughs> mm. I apologise for all of my pronunciations there. Mm. I probably got them all, butchered them all, but it's fine. Russian six. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Russian seven. <laughs> um, a 23-year-old graduate had a caved-in skull, while 24-year-old Alexander Kolovatov had a deformed neck and was missing his eyebrows. Hmm, weird. A, what a weird, like, detail. Yeah, yeah. Like, his eyebrows have been, like, shaved off or something. Yeah. Uh, the oldest hiker, Semyon Zolotarov, and 20-year-old Lyudmila Dubina had crushed had crushed chests with multiple broken ribs. Both were missing their eyes and Ludmina's tongue was gone. Even some of their clothes were found to be radioactive. Mm, I remember hearing that, yeah. Like a real weird touch. Radioactive clothes? Yeah, like yeah. missing eyes, some people missing eyebrows. Yeah. Mm. Crazy. Uh, a criminal investigation was carried out by a prosecutor named Lev Ivanov, but it came to a cryptic conclusion. The cause of their demise, the report said, was an overwhelming force which yeah. the hikers were not able to overcome. I, I remember hearing that. That's not like the most like, ominous thing I remember hearing mm. about this case was that it was like that the official like the way that the like um, officials left the case was that they had just been um, like 
overpowered, over, overpowered by an, an unexcribable, like immense force. Mm. Like what? What a, an ominous and mental thing to be like. It's terrifying to be like sort of like left with as as a, an explanation. Mm. When it said like abrasions and stuff mm. as well, that mm. that you know. You, you would think you'd know what would cause those kind of abrasions yeah. by yeah. the shape and look of them and stuff, but the thing is, like, yeah. some things are like very explainable. So, like, the fact that they didn't have clothes on, like, it's it's quite common that like if you get like hypothermia, obviously they were like mm. in like freezing cold like temperatures. Get naked, huddle up. Well, no, apparently, like, um, one of the last stages of hypothermia is for some reason you actually start feeling ridiculously hot. Right. And it's like a weird psychological phenomenon. Yeah, you lose mm. that cold feeling in this. Yeah. yeah, I've heard that. And you end up yeah. feeling super hot, and then, you, although it makes no sense to somebody in their right frame of mind, you end up stripping off. Um, and it's like really common. People yeah. have found that with hypothermia, and they're like just in the, their underpants, mm. and they think they're That's burning. Crazy. And it's like, no, you're in like That's minus crazy. minus twenty yeah. temperatures. That's mental. And they've like stripped off all their clothes. And even though, even though like an hour before they knew that they were freezing cold, they end up for some reason feeling hot and then they just in their delirium they take their clothes off. But that obviously doesn't explain everything else. Yeah. And also like, if they were in their tents um beforehand you know obviously because they cut their way out of their tents like mm. if you were starting to get hypothermia the last thing you would do is then cut your tent open to get even more exposed to the mm. to the and i've and i've watched videos with um like outdoorsmen and stuff um like old school like techniques of how to stay warm and actually even if you are just in like a tent and apparently you can even do it in like freezing cold temperatures with just like a blanket if you just put that over you then li and literally have like a small a uh, heat source as like literally a candle mm. then you can make the you can make it warm mm. you know mm. um and apparently that was like a something that people on the frontier in america in the colder um counties of like america used to do like if they were like say were suddenly caught, caught in a snowstorm they would literally all have blankets they put the blanket over them and all Get have a like candle. a candle mm. and they could and they would and like i saw like a testament like a, a youtube video and a guy had like a thermometer in there and he was like had the thermometer outside and then inside and after literally about five or ten minutes he'd like raise the temperature inside the blanket by like 12 degrees or something mm. Whoa. enough to just be comfortable until like it was nice enough conditions again for you to move on i wonder if this was all like stuff that they could have found out back then like in 1951, you'd imagine oh, that, yeah. they, that they would know if yeah, you get yeah. hypothermia, you're gonna like burn up. Oh yeah, and also considering they, that these are like, and also they were ex experienced hikers. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. If they're like graduates and everything, like you'd imagine that they've been on hikes before, mm. from what it was saying. So you would imagine they know that. Oh, if you get, if you start feeling like you're burning up, don't take off all your clothes. Mm. <laughs> and just yeah, like, I guess maybe that, by that point. Well, I think to be honest, I think that's more like psychological in it. So I think even if you knew that ahead of time, I think in your delirium you might just yeah true. Yeah. true but I think true, obviously true, what yeah. you can explain yeah is like why they would cut themselves out of the tent yeah and that's the injuries what gets me. the weird that's injuries so weird. Yeah. so strange the weird injuries and the radiation yeah. yeah. And well, weren't, they, weren't they? Cause I, I thought it could have been like some crazy, some crazy gang or something that had like, had like mm. followed them mm. and then just like you know like like messed them up like yeah. in, in weird Russian like yeah, yeah just like yeah you know it was proper out in the wilderness as well yeah, yeah. so it's quite hard to reach area mm. and like loads like I know that um like a lot of people by this like um with this case of like said like one of the theories is like aliens mm. yeah i'll get into that in a, well because it's like we yeah. got so many theories about this because i said like the the unknown overwhelming force it's like well what could it be and what could like explain the radiation mm. do you know what i mean like you're in the middle of like nowhere in the russian wilderness like why would there be all this like radiation yeah very strange so the first theory i'm going to talk about is the mansi theory uh, early on, it was theorized by Soviet authorities that the Dyatlov party may have been killed by the Mansi, an indigenous people of this region. Mm. 
The idea that the hikers were slaughtered for straying onto their sacred land, or perhaps as part of a shamanic ritual, uh, persisted for some time. Much of this was much was made about the presence of a Manchi chum or dwelling in the vicinity of the hiker's tent. We often see Mansi signs on the trail. I wonder what they write about. Uh, Zineda Kolmogora. Kolmogorova. <laughs> Noted in her diary, whilst one of her fellow hikers, uh, Identity Unclear, also recorded that Mansi writings appear on trees. All sorts of obscure, mysterious characters. People have debunked this, debunked this theory, however, as a ba baseless theory rooted in a misunderstanding of Mansi culture and rituals. And uh, if they were indeed rounded up and murdered, why would the bodies, or why would they have been found in different locations, some more injured than others? Yeah, mm. I remember like hearing that's like a weird thing as well, because they were all in like quite dispersed, weren't yeah. they? So I think mm. some of them were like actually quite far away from each other. I imagine the ravine must have been like a little bit away, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, I can't remember exactly how far away, but they, yeah, they, like some of them were like... The way I remember it almost was it like some, one of them was like half a mile away mm. from you know what I mean and things like that. It's like a bit strange, and it's like things that like immediately would come to mind like oh you know like obviously there's there's lots of like bears in, in the wilderness and Russia and that but it's like it wouldn't exp there's lots of things bears about was it. the first yeah. thing that came to yeah. my head yeah but there's also things about it that wouldn't explain it for a start like why would you cut your way out of a tent. Do you know what I mean if like the entrance mm. was still like yeah. shut up? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. and also like the injuries are a bit strange for like a bear. Mm. Do you know what I mean like things like a crushed chest and obviously in the lacerations, like yeah, but it's like removing the eyes, yeah, removing the eyebrows, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like um, that's what made made me think weird. it was more like human, mm. like yeah. because that seems to be like something that that like a you know an animal wouldn't necessarily do that. It's like yeah. it's, you've chosen, you've consciously chosen to do that for like a reason or something, mm, or yeah. like some weirdness. Yeah, definitely, man. Mm. So the next theory is the espionage theory. Two members of the Dyatlov group have been the focus of particular speculation. One was the 37-year-old veteran of World War II, attached to the group of young students and graduates. Furthermore, it is significant that a few years earlier, Yuri Krivonyshenko, I think that was Kravonyshenko. Okay, that sounds okay. okay. That sounds okay. Helped clear up a radioactive leak at a secret Soviet nuclear facility. Mm. Uh, an incident which has since been compared to the Chernobyl disaster. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that kind of ties in the radioactive thing. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, according to one theory, Zolotayov and Kravonyshenko and potentially a third hiker were working for the KGB oh, wow. and had joined the Dyatlov trek to rendezvous with CIA agents in the Ural Mountains. CIA? Why CIA? God knows. Why uh, the KGB while handing over radioactive materials and fake nuclear secrets, the Russians were Oh, so were they supposed, were like double agents? Apparently. Uh, the Russians were supposed to take photos of the American agents. The theory goes that the CIA men got wise to what was going on, leading to a fight breaking out and the eventual massacre of the Dyatlov party. Crew. The Diop yeah. of crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's one theory. Right. That they were KGB agents. Isn't there a Bigfoot theory? Working with the thing. There is a Yeti theory. <laughs> yeah, I thought there was. Yeah, I thought there was, yeah. <laughs> First up, we'll do the UFO slash military yeah. weapon theory. So, in 1990, Lev Ivanov, the man who led the initial investigation into the incident, published a sensational article claiming that he'd been ordered to censor some of his key findings. In particular, the unusual charred marks on trees near where the bodies were found, mm. which in Ivanov's view, confirmed a source of heat ray. 
uh, that had been purposefully aimed at the helpless hikers. That would explain, like, the radiation and that as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his article also alleged that floating balls of light and other weird I phenomena yeah. had been reported over the Ural Mountains in February. Yeah. Ivanov didn't, doesn't mince his words, saying that, based on the evidence gathered, the role of UFOs in this tragedy was quite obvious. Whether these supposed UFOs were of alien origin or were experimental Soviet weapons depends on which theory of this yeah, uh, which version of this theory you believe? As you said, there are 100% were UFOs, like unidentified flying objects. So I remember hearing that. So like, there apparently there were like, yeah, like strange, massive lights in the sky that mm. had been going on, like around there for like months, and it was like recorded by like multiple different people. So there was like strange phenomenon in the sky. It's just like determining whether that had anything to do or not with the. How death mental is it that he's people. then been like censored as well? Yeah, that is weird. By the Soviets to be mm. like, you, we're not allowing you to say this, mm. and they just said it anyway. Mm. Crazy. Yeah. He's like the he's like the uh, the Russian. What's his name? Whistleblower. What's his, what's, the, what's the guy that we what's the guy that we <laughs> no 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 what's the guy <laughs> what's the UFO guy that you know with the glasses that really good Netflix. Um, the guy oh, you Bob love. Lazar. Bob Lazar. He's like the Russian <laughs> Bob Lazar. Yeah, yeah man, go on anyway. Uh, so the next theory is the Yeti theory, and as I talked by the way, I do have some photos up as well. Radioactive. Some, radioactive. Some photos Yeti. up and everything. Uh, so the Yeti theory. The idea that the group was killed by a yeti rests on a few pieces of dubious evidence. Mm. The first is a photo taken by one of the doomed hikers, which shows a dark humanoid figure seemingly skulking behind a tree. Uh, But was this a fearsome feature of the annals of cryptozoology or simply a blurry image of another hiker? I almost want to get that photo up now. I yeah. Can't yeah. So if you're watching on on that. YouTube, so if you're watching on Spotify, we um we have like a YouTube as well where you can see the pictures that Young Bullwinkle we bring. Should I see if I can get up the Yeti photo? Is yeah. there? There is. Did, did it say there actually was a photo of that? Did it? Yeah. I, I, I definitely haven't ever seen that. Hmm. I would just say on the UFO one as well. Maybe that's it. Ooh. Can you can you see like an ominous figure? Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's oh, like one of the one of the trackers. <laughs> I, I, I hope that is real, but for some it's reason... It's Pass. Why yeah. can you see? Who knows? I hope that's real, but for some reason it looks almost like a bit... <laughs> yeah, I do agree. A bit I, like, d- I don't know where the original like another hiker to me. Yeah, 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 almost like, imagine if like you were in that climate, you'd probably be wearing like a balaclava yeah. and stuff. like Quite heavy material. If, if I was wearing body. like a black jacket and some black jeans on my boots and mm, a black balaclava, yeah. that could be easily be me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Then why would someone be out there by themselves, you ask? Yeah, well, well, I would have thought there was quite a few of them out there, weren't there, like in the group, so it could yeah. have been one of them from the group. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. And also, you do get random like lone hikers and stuff that just like to push their physical endurance by testing themselves in weather and Mm. tough terrain you know so the, the second <laughs> item <laughs> yeah. cited by pro yeti theorists is a parody I love newspaper. that pro yeti yeah <laughs> i am a pro yeti theorist <laughs> i support mm. the yeti yeah yeah uh, is a parody newspaper the hikers wrote during the expedition which contained the line the yeti lives in the northern urals near mount orterton uh, this was clearly intended as a joke, however, oh. uh, while other stories in the parody newspaper were exaggerated accounts of things that the hikers really did. So according to this theory, the satirical entry of the Yeti was inspired by a real sighting of the creature, which stalked and eventually killed the entire group. Mm-hmm. That's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. So we'll get into the next one. The infrasound theory. Uh, infrasound. Recently... A documentary filmmaker presented a theory involving a terrifying but real phenomenon called infrasound. 
in which the wind interacts with the topography to create a barely audible hum that can nevertheless induce powerful feelings of nausea, panic, dread, chills, nervousness, raised heartbeat rate and breathing difficulties. Could this hysteria have led them to their demise? Hmm. That's quite an interesting one, I think. That's very interesting, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't like get that science. One. So, so, um, so did something <laughs> make that? Noise? So, like the wind. Oh, the wind. Yeah. Made so, it. like the the sound of the wind going up against the rocks and yeah. the, 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 drove them nuts. Yeah, pretty much because of like, guess, the like, frequency. Str- of yeah, it. I guess like a strange like um like phenomenon. Mm. You know, mm. like like brown sound. <laughs> yeah. Do you it's ever like, hear about like that? No. What's the problem? So like, so like, there was this, there's this frequency that apparently, if you play, if you had speakers that were powerful enough to play this, 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 um, this resonance of this sound, hmm. it would just make you poo yourself. Oh really? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> the vibration would just be like. Is that like, like confirmed? <laughs> yeah. I remember in someone in science in school. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Brown. It was called brown sound. <laughs> That's hilarious that it's called brown sound. Or it? I might have called it brown sound. I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was just a druid. Brown sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was good. I remember hearing a theory about a Pokemon game. Yeah. And um, in the Pokemon game, I don't know if you two have ever had this theory. It rings a bell already. Oh, I can't remember what the town was. It was called. like the the was it um like Lavender Town? Or Lavender something? Town. And there's a thing called Lavender Town Syndrome. Isn't it where, like makes you feel depressed? Well, so apparently Lavender Town was this town in one of the one of the games. Early where, Pokemon games. Yeah, where um it was like you know how they've always got like a cemetery place, mm. and that's yeah. where like the 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 ghost type Pokemon. That's where you could catch like them. Haunter, Ghastly, exactly. Gengar. So, so mm. this was where all those Pokemon <laughs> were. It was like just you know, it was like the Pokemon cer- cemetery town. Yeah. But apparently, the song that played whenever you were in this it's town, it's a really sad, like, forlorn electronical song. Apparently, it drove people to like suicide and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like loads of people to suicide. Well, there's like yeah, it's like one of those weird, but there's like. I don't know if it's based on. I don't know, like, if that's just one of those weird things that's now like yeah, an urban legend, yeah, 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 or if it was like based in fact. But I do. I vaguely remember it because I had Pokemon Blue and Pokemon Yellow, mm. and Lavender Town were in both those games mm. back when I was a little lad. And I do remember that it was like a proper sad tale. But I can never remember like being in Lavender Town and being like, oh, mm. man. Do you know what I mean? And being like the, depressed afterwards. <laughs> the song is pretty terrifying. I don't know. I wouldn't if you say, say it's terrifying. I would say it's, it's pretty. Cre- it's eerie, man. I'd say it's like sad. Mm. Let's, let's see. Yeah. I, I, I want to know yeah. as well if there's actually any tunes out there. Like this would be one of them mm. that that actually do have that effect on people. Like, do you remember in um what was that thing that we all watched? Uh, Ar- Archive eighty one. Yes. Yes. And, and oh yeah. You know that there was that there was that the tune, song. the song that would be played and it would drive people oh, nuts. Oh my god, that was like, horrible. I wonder if there is actually any like because I've never I, I can like I think I can say that I've been like you know yeah things can sound sad or stuff mm. like that or quite haunting but nothing's I, ever made you feel that uncomfortable no but I like it would be interesting to think like if there's any like kind of that powerful a sound that would just like <laughs> yeah this is the lavender town music this is the lavender town music so yeah apparently this is the original Japanese version from Pokemon um, from Pokemon Red it is quite dismal of a song isn't it it's quite a sad song yeah I have to say that it's not giving me. Don't get me wrong; it's a forlorn, eerie piece of music, but it's, I'm not feeling overly depressed or suicidal. No. Yeah, I'm yeah. just enjoying that eight bit. Yeah, me too. I'm loving like the old school retro sounds. Shall I finish off the story to the back of to the back of Lavender Town in the background? Do it. So what so, we just had the Yeti theory. Yeah, I've got one more theory. <laughs> I love theory. that we're just now going to do this to the Lavender Town. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one more theory, which is the slab avalanche theory. 
Uh, the most widely accepted theory is also the most mundane. The group fled the tent because of a slab avalanche, then succumbed to the hard conditions. A slab avalanche is where a compacted block of snow slides down a slope when the underlying weaker snow layer gives way. Mm. Uh, according to this theory, a combination of factors, including mountain winds, known as catabatic winds, and a weakening of the mountain snow during the pitching of the tent, led to the catastrophic avalanche. The thinking goes that once the avalanche hit, the group slashed their way out of the tent in a panic, with some of them severely injured by the impact, explaining the broken ribs suffered by Zolotayov and mm. uh, Dubina, for Dubina. example. Dubinini. Dubinachka. Um, <laughs> uh, the ones who escaped with mild cuts and abrasions helped the others flee what they assumed was the danger zone for a full-scale avalanche, only mm. for the whole group to perish from the intense cold or their injuries. Uh, alternatively, all nine hikers may have escaped the crush tent without serious injuries, which would then explain why there were no tracks in the snow suggesting people had been assisted or dragged. Thereafter, two succumbed to the cold by the tree, three froze to death trying to get back to the tent, and four others died by the ravine, some being badly injured or killed while trying to create a snow shelter. Mm. The gruesome facial damage could have been the result of animal scavengers yeah. and decomposition. That is true. That is very true. Mm. I mean, let's face it, like crows and things like that, they do like peck out Pecking the eyes yeah. of the dead. Mm. Do you know what fancies eyebrows? Like, that's what, know, that's yeah. the thing that throws me off a bit. And like the radioactive Maybe a thing? robin needed to build a nest and thought that guy has marvelous. Yeah, like if so you maybe. had like your eyebrows would be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bullwinkle's got good eye, yeah. um, nesting eyebrows. Mm. <laughs> yeah. my, if we died in the I'd be, Pass, yeah, if, I, my eyebrows would be gone. If, mm. Yeah, if we needed to make a nest and we were in the cold, I'm sorry, man, your eyebrows <laughs> would be the first to go. And I'd be like, sorry, dude. I hope they grow back. Not, every, not everyone's grow back, do they? That's crazy. Uh, many Dyatlov commentators are sceptical and the finer details of the slab avalanche theory are hotly debated. Ultimately, though, it remains perhaps the most plausible explanation of what befell the explorers that, co that cold, bleak night in 1959. Yeah, so it's a strange story, isn't it? It's a strange story. There's definitely still a lot of, like, weird things that, mm. that even though you could say, oh, this is the most obvious yeah. uh, thing that happened... There's still a lot of weird things that you. Could I, go, I I remember hearing that they were like strange. some of them, the way that some of them were found and stuff. It was like they were trying to build a shelter, mm. um, which obviously supports more, yeah, like the extreme weather condition. Mm. There's just like things like, um, and as I said, yeah, the eye, the eyeballs. Although at first I think that seemed like one of the weirdest things. Now that we're actually talking about it more in depth, yeah, I can see how that was like more like scavenging from like birds and mm. maybe like even like insects, maybe birds and badgers, birds and badgers. <laughs> The notorious um, savagery of the Russian badger, yeah. but um, yeah, I mean, I, the thing is, there might be an explanation that I'm just not clued up enough on these on this topic to know about. But I don't mm. know why some of the clothes would have radiation. I mean, yeah. I think I do think that people like fan like make out that radiation is something more sort of like um, man-made than it is. Like obviously, the, yeah, the sun is the sun yeah. is essentially like a big ball of radiation, and mm. um, you know, I remember you telling me, Drew, that you used to work in a nuclear power station, didn't you? And you, I remember you telling me, um, I'm pretty damn sure it was you, you said that when you were working there, they they told you, like so, like one of, the, one of the guys actually worked in the reactors told you that like, although there's all this like scaremongering about how much radiation it gives off, like the place gives off, that like if you, if you like stood on like the railings like 30 f like foot above 
the the, the reactor. Yeah, on the pile cap, which and, is actually mm, the top of the reactor. Yeah, and then if you literally had a walnut in your hand, mm. the walnut would be giving you more radiation than the nuclear reactor 30 yeah. feet below. Yeah, yeah, crazy. yeah. Yeah, yeah. because that's it. when you're on top of the pile cap, that's literally the top of the reactor, so yeah. you're standing mm. on top of it. And, and um, yeah, it's so so encased in concrete that it keeps all of that mm. like radioactive, like... Juice, juice <laughs> inside, yeah, yeah. and it doesn't yeah. actually let any out. So yeah, yeah. It, it was, it's a walnut and an acorn as well. They always oh, give the right. analogy of like an acorn, and right. like this is actually ra- like you know giving off more radiation mm. than standing on top of this pile cap with all these crazy things happening underneath yeah. there, like the reaction and stuff. I remember like um, I, I know another guy that works there, and he's like a, like a waste disposal guy um, there, and he said that they're like checked daily. Their like radiation levels are checked, and if it goes over a certain amount. Then you're given like time off so that it can go back down again. Yeah, it's and called if the dosage. Yeah, like, that they go through when they because because you've got to clean inside the reactor. Yeah, and stuff. so that's what he does. He cleans away all that. Yeah. It's like sludge apparently. It's yeah. almost like sludge. Mm. But they go in there like fully suited up. Obviously, there's not a single like millimeter can be exposed yeah. to like the mm. inside. But he said even so, you know, like you know they they like checking you and scanning you for radiation like mm. every yeah. single day. And I remember well also like. Um, so everybody like knows have like heard things like the word like potassium. It's like an electrolyte. Um, it's put in sports drinks because it's one of the first things that you like sweat out during exercise. And mm. it's also commonly and famously in things like bananas, but also not not so commonly known. It's also very much um, in things like like white potatoes and things like um, things like watermelon as well. Also have like loads of potassium in. But potassium is actually a very radioactive substance, and as a result you're not advised to eat more than four bananas a day. Because mm. if you eat more than four mm. bananas a day, you'd be taking in too much radioactive substances through your food. So yeah. even though bananas themselves, they are healthy. Yeah. They get, I guess it's back to that whole thing, isn't it? Like everything in moderation. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that if you, yeah, if you ate too much of it and your potassium levels were too high, then, yeah, it, it would be bad for you. And also, mm. I, I know for a fact as well that at least in the UK anyway, you can't legally... Um, sell potassium supplements over. I think it's. I think it is thirty three percent of your recommended daily allowance of, of potassium. Whereas oh, okay. you know you could get a vitamin C supplement and it would be like four hundred percent. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. But yeah, because that's how that's, it's, crazy, that's how man. serious it's considered. Like the Russian, like the, the Russian government, the UK government <laughs> won't let you supplement with a pill potassium mm. that's more than thirty three percent of your recommended daily allowance. Mad. Yeah. Bringing it not that. Bringing <laughs> it back to to the Dyatlov Pass. I imagine if they're stating that he was like radioactive. That there must have been like a significant amount. There, yeah, that's know? what I, mean, I was going to say as well. I was going to say like I d- I'm not sure personally. Like if every if like pretty much everything gives off radiation, I don't know what would pass. Like what criteria, what level yeah. would you have to go over to be known like you know as radioactive? Then I think all the all the man. Ivanov stuff where you were saying like a hundred percent there was UFO like coming into play and the fact he was censored like <laughs> yeah everything that's quite interesting the, the charred marks on mm. the tree that Mine. never really got explained yeah mm. with with the um the ufo kind of thing mm. like i would say if it was at, like any you know um violent kind of acts on these on these people i would say that would point more to um like government um yeah, like, yeah. like testing of like weapons and stuff rather yeah. than you like ufo things mm. like i i I'm, I'm under the belief that most or all ufo kind of interactions mm. aren't actually harmful or um mm. you know mm. aren't actually violent and stuff like that and Someone there are a cuddle. lot there yeah <laughs> there are yeah, a lot of yeah. like government um 
or programs. programs and technology and stuff that we don't know so much about like, yeah i read a, like a load of like not not false flag because that will create is supposed to like, create a reaction in people like to create events and stuff but a lot of these mutilations and things like mm. people don't believe that it's actually Alien. ufos no, and yeah. it's, it's human but it's made to look like that to make yeah. it look like bad for the ufos and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. So, slander i guess slandering the aliens mate i guess i guess uh, UFOs could al- also just be yeah. government stuff. Like yeah, if it's, yeah, yeah. If it's something, the yeah, public UFO just means still... unidentified yeah, flying exactly. object. So anything that's yeah. so like it doesn't necessarily mean. So it's I would alien. say Any... yeah, more terrestrial rather than extraterrestrial. Yeah, mm. yeah, 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 that yeah, makes sense to me. But yeah, mm. that was mm. the incident. That was Dyatlov Pass mystery Mondays. But um, all I know now is you know. Screw Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. I want to see the aliens taking um, <laughs> the governments of the world to court for slander. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Me too. Yeah, that's man. what I want to see. <laughs> One day it will happen. We'll leave it on that. So, yeah, for everyone that's listening, thanks for chilling with us on Mystery Mondays. We'll be back next week again with another fascinating mystery. Until then, take it cheesy, everybody. We love you. Cheesy. Bye.